Monument Park. I am Andrew Mearns, joined by Kun Shaw. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited for opening day. How about you? Pretty good. I've been pleasantly surprised by the Yankees in this past week. I think the big news is pretty obvious. Socrates Brito getting a ro- uh, most likely getting a rotation spot. Yep, that's the big news. Uh, Albert Abreu and... making it. I was really wait. Worried. It's not Socrates Brito. I keep no, doing no, that. It's not. <laughs> Damn it! My joke is ruined. Now it's Johnny Brito. Come on, get it right. Yeah, you know those two Johnny Socrates, basically the same name. Yeah, you know, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Anthony Volpe, heard of him? Yes, he's good. He made the Yankees. Holy crap! Yeah. The one thing we were pretty confident wasn't going to happen, happened. <laughs> yeah, and, I would say, I mean, well, as I said, I think, I think we had jumped up from like 5% to like 33 or 40 once Judge said he wanted Volpe. So yeah. that helps. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And like, I think the only reason we doubted it in our minds had nothing to do with Volpe and no. his abilities or anything himself is just how the Yankees operate. So pleasant surprise there. No, it's out of character for the Yankees to be this aggressive with a minor leaguer, even a top prospect. We had we saw in years past they did not necessarily do the same with the likes of, you know, Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge. They got their chances eventually, but it they probably could have been called up sooner than they were, you know. A hundred percent. And, you know, with Volpe, like the way he was playing, I kind of expected, oh, there's gonna be some random like Oh, he'll come in the last week of April and just get that extra year of control manipulation thing going on. But and it's one of those things where like I I hate when teams do it, but I don't blame them. So like it would have been like annoying if the Yankees did that. But like again, I wouldn't have blamed them because it's just an, why wouldn't anybody do that, right? Besides like you know trying to earn some goodwill or whatever. But it's business, so like right. I would have gotten it right. But, and we and if this would be a different situation than even in 2018 when they're like, uh, I don't know, let's just have like uh, Neil Walker and uh, a worse version of Brandon Drury hanging around instead of uh, putting Glover Torres on this roster from the start. <laughs> they had like Oswald Peraza, who they have been quick to say is still a very good prospect, and he sure is. He's still defensively superior to Volpe, but Volpe just outplayed him throughout the spring and has a much higher ceiling, so you understand why they're like, oh, let's just have Volpe leapfrog him. Yeah, and I I don't think Oswald Peraza is going to be staying down for too long. It's just more like, hey, ever, since he got hurt, he's come back and he was, hasn't looked you know, great. He's looked a little bit lost at the plate or whatever. So there's no need to kind of just put him up here and, you know, throw him into the fire when you have Volpe, who's just riding the hot hand. You have Cabrera and, you know, IKF also technically existing. So let Peraza start at AAA, you know, just let him get some consistent at-bats going, just let him play. And, you know, once he kind of rounds back into form, which I think he will, and I think the Yankees think he will as well, then they'll, you know, figure it out at that point. Yeah, it would not be surprising at all to see an injury pop up around the time that he starts to come into form, you know. And I think if something were to happen, like uh, Josh Donaldson, DJ LeMahieu, any of these guys pull something, I think Peraza is the first call you get. And then you probably have an infield where it's just mostly Peraza, short, Volpe a second. Right. And, you know, however that works out, it's going to it's just going to work itself out. <laughs> yeah. As uh, the Yankees have shown in recent years, it's good to have that sort of uh, backup floating around, even if it's like top prospect backup. But exactly, Anthony Volpe has just looked terrific all yeah. spring. Like you, can, you really can't say enough about how polished he's looked, and he's just been hitting the entire time. 
the defense is not as good as Peraza, but it's definitely it plays. acceptable shortstop. You know, it, it it definitely plays. And yeah, to your point about how policies look, I mean, I know a lot's been already discussed about the the two at bats against Pablo Lopez, but it's just it's that those are major league at bats. You know, you get like kind of not embarrassed, but you 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 get like a hey, welcome to the big leagues, kid at uh, at bat, and your first one you strike out on three pitches, and then the next time you see him, the first pitch you just hit to center. You're like, yep. <laughs> yeah, this is a pitcher who the Yankees very much wanted to get at the deadline last year. Pablo Lopez is a legitimate pitcher. So Volpe doing that even in spring training when maybe Lopez is also working things out just tells you what kind of potential he has. And it makes all the sense in the world that they're going to throw him out there on opening day. And he's there's going to be almost as much anticipation for him as Judge. I know it's not going to happen, but the funniest thing in the world right now, as annoying as it would be, the funniest thing in the world would be if like Volpe's on the bench and I can still starting at short on opening day. <laughs> like, That'd be was... uh, Aaron Boone embracing peak villain mode. He's like, you know what? Let's uh, let's give it to ICAM. He's uh... <laughs> hey, we didn't say you're starting. We just said you're coming up. Yeah. Just pack your bags, kid. And then yeah. they just send him on the shuttle on Saturday. On Friday. Yeah. They're like, all right, well, that was a fun little voyage. See you, yep. Scran. <laughs> We just wanted him to experience what opening day is like, so yeah. next year he's ready. You know, we didn't want to comp his tickets, so we just put him on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, and someone's like, I, I think that's more expensive. No, 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 that can't be right. That can't be right. No, no, that can't be right. We checked. <laughs> well, we had the discussion about not paying for Wi-Fi. We checked on this, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Buddha has talked about it. he's probably going to bat ninth, which makes sense. I don't think they're going to put him high in the lineup. I know other accounts have pointed out, like, Aaron Judge was not hitting high in the lineup at the start of the 2017 season. It's totally fine to, you know, keep expectations in check with Volpe for what he could do, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of jitters, and uh, there may be some struggles in the first month, but that's okay, because, you know, he's 21 yeah, and and I don't f- focus too much on like the uh, the lineup spot or whatever. Plus, like, if you're hitting ninth, that's just the first time through the order. After that, you're two yeah. spots away from Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's not a bad place to be, and you know, if he does what he did this spring, I'm sure be, batting ninth is not something that's going to uh, last for too long either. He'll definitely make work his way up the lineup. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, I, I know I am going to quickly grow tired of is the stories about him being like eight at the World Series parade in 2009. I'm, all, I'm already tired of it. Yeah, it's uh, not welcome. It's a it's an attack, and uh, uh, we don't we don't support it. Yeah, I actually, was there, re- so, release so, Anthony Volpe. Forget it. I was at that parade too, so uh, t- technically Anthony Volpe and I hung out. Yeah, <laughs> hanging out with an eight-year-old. Whatever. Hey, kid. Yes, my eleven-year older than himself. <laughs> yes, it's okay. You were babysitting. It's fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Collectively, New York was babysitting Anthony Volpe. All right, glad exactly. We all were. Yes, yeah. it's yes. a joint effort. Yeah, even Derek Jeter. Who, of course, Anthony Volpe has a picture with. There's a quote from uh, the 2002 classic Spider-Man. If you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> so that's why we were all just there backing him up. Yep. Truly, the Green Goblin is out there, and he is Father Time. Yes. And also IKF. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, you touched, touched on this too many times. You touched on this earlier, but we must talk about, uh, unfortunately, sort of unfortunately, mostly unfortunately, uh, we are going to get Johnny Breeder time. It's 
only unfortunate because of the scenario that has unfolded that has led to that where Luis Severino got hurt again. Who was surprised? And of course, it happened toward the end of spring training. Uh, it's another lat strain. It seems like it's in a different spot than the one last year. So they are a little less worried about it. It doesn't sound like he'll need two months to recover this time, which is uh, welcome, we should say. But yeah. it just sucks. Yeah, hopefully, you know, it's just them being a little bit cautious with him. And, you know, because, you know, he's not going to go and pitch 200 innings. We all know that, right? But you give him some time, a little bit of time right now, play it safe, manage it, and hopefully he's good for a good bulk of the season. Yeah, that's what you really have to hope on. It's sort of like the same thing with uh, Rodon, where they're like, it's a smaller thing, but we'd rather, you know, play it safe early on and work it out there. But it's just a little frustrating because – the Yankees are already going into the season with a couple starters down. It's just another person to add to the mix. And I, I like Johnny Burrito. I think he's he'll be fine as a rotation fill-in. But, you know, the Yankees did not exactly envision having a starting rotation of you know, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, then immediately to Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt, Johnny Burrito. Right. Although technically, I think it's... Yeah, I Clark think Schmidt, Schmidt starting is, the second game of the yeah, season. Schmidt maybe. is after Garrett Cole, which... I was just like, okay, sure. I mean, again, I don't put too much stock into like the specific order that you're pitching, unless it's yeah, like, the playoffs really or matter. whatever. The, the, this is all going to get shuffled around multiple times throughout the season. So yeah, the only re- and the, you know, just a you know, chair on top. The only reason Nestor's not starting the second game of the season is because you know he had his own injury earlier in spring training, so he's starting the last game of camp against the Nationals, the exhibition game in DC that's going on basically as we speak. This and uh, he basically is not quite to full strength yet. He should be good for the weekend series against the Phillies. And that'll be when he makes his first start, but yeah. Woo. Fun times. Yeah. Well, what are you going <laughs> to do? At least Johnny Burritos look good in camp yeah. and he seems like a perfectly fine, you know, ground ball. Yeah, he had, for the last start was against the blue Jays or whatever, right? Where did he yeah. go like five and a third or four and a third, like perfect with yeah, 16 up 69. Yeah. So good, good, good stuff there. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, I guess if that was an audition, then uh, yeah. slam dunk. <laughs> exactly. And in other good rotation news, I think uh, Rodon pitched uh, like through his second bullpen either yesterday or today. I forget when it was, but yeah, signs... it was like more of a real bullpen this time around because the first one was basically like all fastballs, but I think yeah. the second one, he was actually using different pitches. So. Exactly. And all signs, everything came out of there good. You know, he said he feels great. Uh, obviously, he's going to stay back a little bit because, you know, he's still not breaking camp. <laughs> he's still not going to come off the he's still going to be on the IL to start the season, but it's, you know, progressing in the right way, which is what you want. Yeah, it seems like he'll probably end up getting him toward the end of April. So we'll take the good news. You know, <laughs> again, if he's starting his activities and feeling good, that's definitely a good sign. <laughs> it's all you really want at this point. <laughs> yeah. And uh Final roster spots are still sorting out as we speak. Uh, there's another spot in the bullpen. Seems like it might go to Greg Weiser or um, not Matt Crook because they already demoted him. Oh, it was uh, Ian Hamilton, who's this non-roster invitee, who it's very not, random, it's a non-real person. Yeah, yeah. This is like one of those uh, like guys from a few years ago who we could never remember the names of, who's just in the bullpen, like Joe Harvey. Is that a certain? That <laughs> is a person, I think. That feels like the comp, basically. Yeah, yeah, good, good. I think it's solid comp. <laughs> yeah, Joe Harvey. Yeah, yeah. and obviously uh, Jimmy Cordero and Albert Abreu made it. They were already announced. So. Yep, and then I think they're also figuring out what that last piece on the uh, what the last player on the bench is going to be between yeah. Stevan Florial and 
Willie Calhoun, which I'm thinking it's probably going to be Calhoun, but well, R- Rafael Ortega's in there too. I think Ortega's more likely than Calhoun, honestly, because he completely forgot Ortega existed, even though I read his name about an hour ago. He's he's more of a real defensive player, and I think they care about that more. Between the two NRIs, I think they like Willie Calhoun's bad okay, but he's probably going to start in AAA. But hey, they have IKF for defense. Yeah, apparently IKF is just the all-world utility man to play wherever and not really hit. So he's, he's as, gonna... I, as I've said all along, he's the new Tyler Wade. He really is. But sure, that's what we're doing here. Go nuts, man. Have fun. Do you know where Tyler Wade is? Angels? Uh, he was on the Angels last season, so that's a good guess. But he's on well, the A's. I would, yeah, I knew, didn't know that. I knew he was on the Angels last season because of the whole Tyler Wade recruiting Aaron Judge. Like, yeah, he's going to yeah, go. And then Tyler the Angels Wade. caught him. <laughs> <laughs> and then that clearly had no effects on the Angels. Like, yep, yeah, bye. Well, so much for that. Yeah. It was right. fun while it lasted. Yeah. So those last spots seem to be sorting out. And those are lesser roles that are, will ideally be less important as April goes along and they get more players back, like your Baders, your Lutravinos, your Tommy Canelys, and then you'll help fill out the roster, you know? Yep. So. Speak, uh, one more quick note on former uh, Yankees of f- f- the Yankees of Christmas past. I had no idea Luke Voigt was in the, uh, was with the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. He was a non-roster invitee to camp, but now it sounds like he's going to make that team. So good for yeah. him. I have no idea when that happened because I remember when he went from the Padres to the Nationals in the oh crap trade for him. <laughs> yeah, when the Nationals were like, um, fine, we will we will take Luke Voigt instead of Eric Hosmer. Yeah, because uh, Hosmer was like, I don't want to do this trade, and then they released him anyway. <laughs> and then he ended up in Boston. It was like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, Eric Hosmer on the Red Sox for like two minutes. No one's gonna remember that. Nope, except for me apparently. Yeah. Mm. Do you know where Eric Hosmer is now? Home. He's on the Cubs. No. What? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Why yeah. not? He's going to play some first base with Trey Mancini. And uh, yeah, I don't know. When the hell did Trey Mancini get to the Cubs? <laughs> what? Do I watch this sport? Do I follow this sport at all? Yeah, it's unclear. Well, you know, these are just guys. And, uh... <laughs> Trey Mancini is, I think, enough important enough of a person where I should know what team he's on. They are ever mysterious, you know. <laughs> I did. I did remember that Jose Abreu is on the Astros now. Yeah, that's that's going to be annoying because I'm sure I think that's a good move for them, and that's going to oh, hundred percent. And yeah. I'm, I'm I'm going to be forced to really, really not like him. And yeah, which is unfortunate because always yeah, I've always liked Jose Abreu. Yeah, before whenever he signed, let's just pretend it was sometime in December. Before December, I liked Jose Abreu. Yeah. Well, now it's over. Yep, that was fun. Screw him. I hate him. All right. Boo hoo. Yeah, All right. I think we are good to take a little break and then we'll have a fun draft. Let's do it. All right. So we'll be back in a minute and we're back. So we are going to do a draft. We did the same draft last season and had some fun with it. So we're going to do it again. And hopefully the Yankees will have a better result from it because that's what truly what made it possible. We love a good draft here at Podument Park. Yes. Uh, this is our things that we're most excited about for the 2023 Yankee season. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And the explanation is just in the title. So <laughs> exactly. I'm not explaining it further. If you need further explanation, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry is, is all I have for you. <laughs> if you need further explanation, then I refer you to Aaron Judge highlights. So yes, that, that's all I got. Okay. Would you like to draft first? I'll let you take it. I feel like I always go first. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the honor this time. 
All right. What I'm most looking forward to with the Yankee season, I am not going to be subtle. I am fascinated to see what Aaron Judge does for an encore performance in 2023. Uh, Unlike Kunshaw, I do not think he's going to hit 74 home runs, but I think he is going to still have a very good season that may ultimately be viewed as a disappointment because it's not 62 home runs, but he's still going to be a sensational player who I think will hit at least 50 and all while doing it in his first season as Yankees captain, new leadership role, new contract. He is the face of the Yankees full stop. So going to be good. Yeah. He was a uh, number two on my list of, that I came up with beforehand. So I'm just going to add a couple things to your note. I don't think he's going to hit 74. I know he is. Oh, okay. Well, never there mind. it is. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, no, it's obviously, you know, exciting. The Yankees have a new captain, obviously for the first time since Derek Jeter, it's still, t- it's still been an adjustment whenever like their social media team posts, the captain does this. And I'm like, Derek Jeter's back. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's going to be like a fun little adjustment adjustment but yeah no i'm definitely excited to see how he follows up on that we know now aaron judge is going to be a yankee for life like there's no ifs ands or whatever about it he's got a nine-year contract and it's the yankees they don't really like get rid of players and, and things like that you know his he they want him around um and they're not a team that's gonna ever like you know just completely tear down and rebuild and send them packing or whatever so even if they get to a point like towards the later years where they're like you know middling or whatever kind of they're still going to keep him around and just kind of like they did with Jeter and all that. So he's, he's a Yankee for life. 2023 is going to be his first like real opportunity to cement his legacy. Like, you know, obviously he's been building his legacy so far, but now he's the captain of the New York Yankees. This is, this is it. This is his, the dream come true. And, you know, after last year, like, you know, I've always had fun with the number 74. Like, hey, no, I think, I think he could do it. I think he could do it. And I'm still obviously just 20% joking and 80% serious, <laughs> but <laughs> It, it it actually feels like it could be real for the first time. And, you know, obviously whatever he does is going to be great, uh, you know, no matter what. Like, I don't think there's going to be a disappointing season from him. But, yeah, no, it's just the fact that it could even be real is just exciting. Yeah. Like, every time you did it, you're like, oh, yeah, 74 miles. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Last year was the only year where everyone's like, wait, couldn't you might be onto something? <laughs> mm. And this time, uh, Roger Maris Jr. hopefully does not need to be in our lives throughout the final <laughs> <laughs> no. he just keeps popping up again like oh i just wanted to come to the game no you're not allowed man he just looks so miserable the whole time too. <laughs> well he kept eating ballpark hot dogs and crap you know how, how fun <laughs> could that be exactly what's your yeah. number one pick I should my say. number one pick is going to be the youth movement it's not really so much a full-on youth movement like we thought maybe like we were going to see in the 2016 2017 baby bomber era but you know we have anthony <laughs> forever miss you but um you know we have anthony volpe winning the opening day shortstop job unless you know my stupid joke before becomes reality in which case i will cry but um yeah no anthony volpe coming up uh oswaldo cabrera figures to be a big part of their plans like you know not in any one specific position but he's going to be his little chameleon do his little chameleon act that he did last year and you know do it well and we talked about oswald peraza you know not staying down for too long he's eventually going to find his way up to the big leagues and there's a world there's a world where all three of them are in the lineup at the same time you know it's definitely feasible definitely possible and that's just exciting this, like, is, this is just a very clever way for you to basically take all the good yankees rookies it's in the youth movement like, <laughs> you can still individually name them <laughs> if you want well either way i i agree it'll be 
the, the it's so important for the Yankees to have at least part of their roster be younger because you know younger players are where baseball is now and not just from like a you know pure marketing thing just that's where the bulk of your athleticism and best players are going to be in that age range and they have really been lacking in that basically since you know Glaber Torres aged out of being a wonderkind to mainly just being like a pretty solid late 20s player <laughs> no absolutely and you know the, the whole thing with the with the, the shortstop position right like especially like you know talking about Volpe like the last couple of years there's been prime time shortstop avail- shortstops available in the free agent market and we've been upset that the Yankees haven't done anything and they've been talking about building towards this exact moment and we had to deal with a year of IKF and all that crap and it would have just been annoying to see them go with that again but for them to actually put their eggs in this basket it's like okay at least at least the payoff was is kind of worth it just to see what these kids can do cuz it would have been just more annoying to keep focusing on IKF and just be like oh no the kids are coming up the kids are going to be ready and then not doing anything with that so yeah and for the record if this this strategy goes haywire i am not blaming the kids i'm blaming Brian Cashman <laughs> you know oh 100% because that's where the blame lies. Because the, the whole point of it was maybe they should sign a shortstop for someone a little bit more reliable who you think they can will definitely be able to get the job done. And we have confidence in Volpe and Peraza, especially Volpe. But, you know, top prospects flop all the time. Look at where Jared Kelenic is in Seattle after he was like, oh, man, do we got a steal in the Edwin Diaz trade? And I was just like, whatever, outfielder. <laughs> Jesus Montero is most known for throwing an ice cream sandwich at him. <laughs> oh, man. Like, uh, and he was a top prospect too. Like, yeah, anything can happen, but mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of have to roll with it at this point. But at least they're actually rolling with it. Is all I wanted to see exactly. at this point. If they weren't, if they were sitting out of the market, when, but it is definitely going to be annoying if both of these options fail or or flop, and it's just like, man, you could have had Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or anybody else that was available. Yeah, well, we don't need to dwell on that now. So, yeah, I will. uh move on for my second pick is going to be Michael King. I really missed seeing Michael King come out of the bullpen in the second half last year. It was just a Yankees bullpen. I would say never really struggled in the second half for anything without King, but it's just an entirely different look when they did not have him because once they brought him in in the first half, part of it was because Clay Holmes was so dominant, but like it was sort of the, like, classic Mariano Rivera setup guy with a closer like oh the game's over after six if you have like Michael King and Clay Holmes working on a day because King could just come in give you two innings and oh that's just it and he's so yeah (laughs) he's just so effective out there on the mound with his pitch mix because it's a starter's pitch mix but he I I do think he works better out of the bullpen than he would as a starter and you know we support this man to try to get to 100 innings this year but either way it will be good if he's healthy for the full season to see what he can do out in the bullpen because I think he could very quietly be one of the best in the league no, absolutely, and I, I'll forgive you for stealing Michael King from me. Um, I guess I did steal all the all the kids, but yeah. <laughs> you know how you know how very near and dear to my heart I hold Michael King. But, so that was kind of rude. But yeah, no, all I'll just add, even though you said it already, is hundred inning season. Let's do it. <laughs> yep, yep. It's time. It's time. It is time. All right, for my next pick, I'm going to go with the new schedule. So mm. you know. 
we're going to see every team at least once every year. That's fun because, you know, sometimes you go years without seeing like some random National League team and all that. But now with the DH being in every DH being instituted across both the American National League, it's just easier to do that. The schedule is a little bit more balanced and more, most importantly, less forced rivalry BS games with the Red Sox and less oh, just yeah. seeing the Rays and seeing the Blue Jays. And that's just all a win in my book. So. I'm all for it. Let's do it. No, it's going to be an adjustment in some regards because, well, like, I guess for like full disclosure, I live in like the DMV area. So you sort of expect that like, okay, there'll be a few opportunities to see the Yankees in like Baltimore or whatever, but that's going to be less this year because they're only playing nine games and, you know, two of the series will be in one area. One will be the other. So that will be an adjustment in terms of just like going to games, but in terms of the viewing experience, yeah, I don't need to see the Red Sox 19 times. I don't need to see the Blue Jays 19 times. We don't need to see the Rays 19 times. Don't need to see the Rays three times. If I'm being honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> like less forced rivalry with the Red Sox and less just seeing the Rays. <laughs> less time at the trop, which I think is good for the Yankees health. So, <laughs> both mental and physical <laughs> yeah that place is still hell yeah. but yeah and no i i agree it'll just be much nicer to see a wider variety of opponents and not having to get the your head beaten down with like oh it's another rivalry game you know yeah exactly and like you know exactly what you said about the uh, wider array of opponents like you know you get exposure especially like baseball just tends to like become such a localized like it's such a localized market, such a localized sport in that regard where like, cause there's so many games and it's so long where it's not like football where there's 16 games, you're able to follow every team, you're able to follow every player or whatever, if you want to, it, it's harder to do that with baseball. But now when you're seeing every single team, like even, you know, these random like uh, rookies or just random like standout people having standout years, you're going to get exposure to, even if you're just focusing on the Yankees. And that's just always nice for, you know, expanding the appreciation of the game. Yeah, you get to see the Yankees play the Reds. Isn't that going to be exciting? We're trying to be positive here. <laughs> they get to go to Coors, actually. That'll be pretty fun. That will. Giancarlo <laughs> Sand and Coors, the, the, the dream. That's the dream. Yeah, he's, hopefully... he's, he's hit some crazy shots out there, especially when he's with the Marlins. <laughs> yeah. hopefully, hopefully he's healthy for that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always the question. But Giancarlo Sand is not really my board, how I will be honest. I'm... Uh, just this is this is me cheating even talking about him, but like I am looking forward to the Giancarlo Stan Dingers. I don't know how often they will come or how healthy he will be or how many there will be, but they'll be fun in those moments. Other than that, we'll see. Yeah, his dingers are always just fun to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, very majestic. I will say Carlos Rodon. Uh, whenever he makes his debut, it'll be a little bit, but I think the wait will be worth it. I think Carlos Rodon is the perfect personality for New York. He's going to, he seems like a guy who's going to strike out a whole bunch of dudes and have a lot of confidence and bravado and be that, you know, really good lefty uh, that really makes Yankees fans go crazy. I think it'll be fun. I think th- this is a, this is a, definitely more of a gamble contract than most, I would say, because just because of his injury history, but I think it's, I think, I'm putting my claim out there that it will work out. We will see if I look like a fool or not, but Bold I like Redon. Bold. I'm just going to piggyback off of that uh, into my next one, but it's kind of all related, which is the rotation as a whole. You know, if we get Garrett Cole, uh, Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, all healthy pitching back to back to back to back days, that's just exciting. Uh, it's going to be a fun thing to watch. Um like you said, Rodon was a risk signing, but a good one, not one that any of us honestly expected them to take. But hey, let's do it. Yeah, let's roll. Let's roll. 
All right. Well, I will zero in on Garrett Cole here because it's easy to forget that the Yankees have Garrett Cole. He's a really, 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 really good pitcher, even though he allows the occasional long ball that is really annoying. But this is this guy's a strikeout machine. He's about a sure bet soak up innings as anyone in the league, which this rotation really needs, considering, you know, gestures at everything. Exactly. So it's just good to have that security blanket out there. He's just a genius on the mound. Have a lot of confidence in Garrett Cole, even if like, and I still think that he's going to win a Cy Young one of these years. Maybe it's like starting to look toward the end of his peak window to do so. But you know what? Justin Verlander just won one last year and he's like 50. So who knows? <laughs> he is like 50. Yes. Yeah. No, um, it'll be fun to see. Hopefully Billy King, uh, Billy King, Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I was reading Michael King's name on my list. So I went to Billy King. Anyway, hopefully Billy Crystal's nowhere near the Yankees, nowhere near Yankee Stadium on opening day and just doesn't throw his whole season off for a loop and he doesn't allow the most home runs in the league. But um, like you said, Gary Cole's a short thing. He's he's just a bona fide, true, legit ace. And he's still fun to watch, uh, especially when he's on his game and just striking out everybody. His uh, 301 strikeouts in 2023 are going to top the league. Just letting everyone know that, too. Thank you for your confidence. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. And, uh, I'll take my next one. I'm going to go with uh, possibly a controversial one, but I'm going to go with the new rules-ish. New rules-ish. So I've personally always been a proponent of banning the shift, and my reasons are very, very stupid and very, very cringe-like in that the Yankees were bad against the shift and they were bad at <laughs> shifting. So I hated it. And so I'm all for the, the, the banning of this. Uh, however, it plays out. I'm also very excited to see what bigger bases can do. They should lead. They're going to lead to more, at least more stolen base attempts, which is always just exciting and fun, but you know, they should overall lead to more stolen bases in general too. And I've always, you know, been heavily in support of pace of play rules. So the pitch clock is not something I'm against. Uh, I'm all for like, hey, this game should not take three and a half, four hours. Like, I like watching baseball. I like watching my sports, but it's not something that every single day I wanted to take up a good eighth of my day or whatever that is. So kudos on that. The man for man is still dumb, but if the players don't hate it and they actually seem to like it, I'll get over it. Yeah, that's just in the rules at this point, basically. To be yeah. like, I know they codified it basically, but like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a thing and it's not going away. And you know what? Like I said, if the players are fine with it, then I'll get over it. Yeah, and I agree for the regular season, as long as it just stays there. Yeah, and I agree in terms of pitch clock, because that is something and like I know some people are very romantic about the game. And I I mean, I'm obsessed with the game's history. So like I I get that. But what's being lost from these at bats is just like, you know, stepping out, adjusting batting gloves, pitchers stepping off the mound, walking around for a second. It's, It's nothing time. That's what's being cut out. And like yeah, sometimes in like peak one-on-one matchups like Trout versus Otani last week, there are some like little bits where it's like the anticipation's building, but those are like the kind of exceptions that don't prove the rule, you know? Like in your dream scenario, yes, it's like that, but most at-bats are not that important and people are still wasting time and it's get, it gets really boring and tiring. And we're not even talking about like all the pickoff attempts that are also now being limited. So, you know, that this is good. They need to, oh. you know, make sure that things are actually happening on the field. 
a hundred percent. And I, I know baseball loyalists are all for like, oh, the game's not boring, it's exciting, and all that stuff. But like the very overall popu- uh, per- perception of baseball amongst like people who aren't like baseball loyalists or people who aren't huge fans are baseball's a boring sport. Like, and I talk to my friends, like, how do you watch baseball? It's so boring. Yeah. There's just nothing going on. There's nothing happening. And that's just the general notion of it. Like, you look at like football they they, they're that's a sport that has advertised doing nothing so well and marketed doing nothing so well because there's like what 10 12 minutes of actual action in a three-hour game yeah but they marketed it and done it so well where nobody seems to notice or care but then you look at basketball which is probably like the number one growing sport and that's just it's constantly moving back and forth hockey constantly moving back and forth soccer like as much as there's no there's not as much scoring and i'm talking on a global basis not just in the u.s soccer is a very popular sport they're just constantly moving they want it's not necessarily like oh the game's too long it's just that there's too much nothing so Mm -hmm. clean that up and yeah obviously the games are going to get shortened because of that because you're just getting rid of the nothing and that's okay too yeah yeah so uh for my last pick just zoom in on um one anthony volpe i know you already touched on it with the youth movement but i don't care we are talking about just volpe in general everything around him is going to be a lot of fun this year i am fascinated to see how he'll do i think he's going to have a very good shot at rookie of the year i think Gunnar henderson's probably still the favorite over in baltimore but volpe has as high ceiling as anyone so yeah um definitely solid pick um not much i'm gonna add to it except he is going to be the rookie of the year. Oh, so, okay. Well, glad to settle about that. We all know my predictions are always 100% factual and 100% correct. That's right. So that's happening, and uh, 161 win season is incoming. Good, good. Yep, yep. Keeping it, your, keeping uh, it realistic. What is your last pick? So my last pick, I'm going to dig deep into the bag of stupid randomness, but I'm going to go with the 99 burger available at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so all right uh i have not been to a yankees game since before the pandemic i've been to one baseball game since the pandemic and that was uh when i was in washington dc last year i went to that nationals game um but yeah no i have not seen the yankees play in person for a, quite a few years and this year i had like my wife and i had discussed because she's been wanting to go to a baseball game she's never been so her and i had discussed like hey no we're gonna make it happen this year last year we were gonna go but just schedule wise it didn't line up so I'm excited to go. I'm excited to eat the food. And then this past week, the Yankees, you know, released like a lot of their new uh, th- their new food options available at the stadium. And one of them is the 99 burger. I forget the exact details of it, but it looks really good. It's named in honor of Aaron Judge. But the reason I'm excited about it is because apparently this is going to be an uh, what uh, interesting to see if I can actually get my hands on it or not, because there's only 99 available per game. So I have to get there early and get the burger and see if it's up to the hype. But from what I've heard so far, it is very good and it is ridiculous and stupid that they're only doing 99, but I think it's actually potentially genius marketing move. I haven't fully decided, but yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, maybe we will get another chapter in the uh, since abandoned series, Kunj versus Yankee Stadium food. Yes, yes, but uh, I think I think if I if I get my hands on it, it's definitely making a comeback. I'll, yes. I'll I'll guarantee that. Yeah, I just won't guarantee if I get my hands on it or not. Yeah, well, I mean it's it's going to be elusive. We'll see. Any other uh, honorable mentions you wanted to do? Um, not particularly. I uh, you know just I would say I'm excited that you know 
Anthony Rizzo's back, DJ LeMahieu, hopefully he's healthy. Things like, you know, just the standard stuff, but we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, hopefully, you know, they can manage the injuries, manage the uh, the weight of the full length of the season, and then, you know, actually do something and defeat the evil Astros for once. Yeah, but, DJ LeMahieu is sort of like a conditional pick because, like, in theory, I'm excited. But, like, I just don't know how much he will end up playing. And if he will get hurt somewhere down the season, that will make him worse. Because when DJ LeMahieu was, like, on a hot streak, he was really good for, like, a while last yeah. year. But, you know, I, I just wonder how much of that he has left in him. Exactly. Like, I, th- I think they'll find, you know, places for him to play as long as he's healthy. Uh, but that's just the thing, you know, the last couple of years now is he's battled some injuries and it's definitely affected his performance at the plate. Like it's, it's more, so, it hasn't been so much that he, you know, he's missed a significant amount of time and though I'm sure he's missed a decent amount of time, but it's more just like, it's taken its toll on his ability on the field and that's yeah. just not fun. <laughs> yeah. I am looking forward to more of Nestor this year. That's one that I definitely could have picked. It was very much in the offing. I think he will have a fun sophomore well, no, I don't even say sophomore season because not like he's Neo, but like a second full season of being in the A's rotation after yeah. last year and then the, you know, half season in 2021. Last year was his like, hey, 2021 was not a fluke. I'm actually the real deal. Prove it, dear. And, you know, he proved it. And then somewhere, you know, he was, just a guy. <laughs> he was he was an all star. He's got a great mustache. You know, there's nothing nothing really wrong with Lester. Uh, he's perfect in every way, shape and form. That's right. So, excited to see him build on that and you know see where it goes what's nice about Nestor is that he's like in some ways he's younger than you think too because like he's only 28 and he only just turned 28 so it's like in every way (laughs) yeah like I I know that like he came up it it felt like he came up at a time and it was like oh okay he's like doing this very late in his like in in his like young career but like he's he's younger than that too I don't know it's hard to express No, and he's somebody that you could see having, like, you know, now that he's kind of figured out what works for him, at least we think, right? Like, he's somebody we could see having, like, a decent career, too, because just the way he pitches, he's not dependent on his power or anything like that. He's mm-hmm. just he's just a craftsman out there and, you know, with wonky leg movements and everything. So that'll be fun to see. And his pitches uh, have some good good stuff on them, too. That's, like, he's definitely doing a lot of manipulation there. That's oh, that should be able to hold up. So. 100%. Yeah. So go Nestor. Yeah. So I think we can start to wrap this up. Let's do the Yankee and Manfred of the week. Who is your Yankee of the week? Yankee of the week is going to be Anthony Volpe. I mean, I don't, I'm I'm probably, I'm probably stealing it from you because I'm assuming that's kind of what you had lined up, but it's hard to kind of pick anybody besides him right now. Um, He did what, again, not many of us expected to do, uh, expected him to do, which is come in, and win that shortstop job. Uh, it was definitely an open competition for the most part, but um, just him coming in and actually doing it and, you know, acting on it is something that no, none of us expected. So kudos to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Uh, my Yankee of the week will be Jimmy Cordero, just because he's had a very interesting path back to the big league, sort of like a, a mini version of the, the Litkey journey, because he was a major leaguer from 2018 to 20, then had Tommy John surgery in 2021 and basically has spent the last two years away from baseball. Uh, you know, I feel like 2020 is its own weird thing too. So count that for what you will, but he made the team 
and he had uh, I mean, he had made a the, on the 40 man roster back in November anyway. So he was always in good position to at least make a good case for it if anyone went down to the injury. Right. But he is on the team now. I think he's got a good variety of pitches, he's got a really good sinker. And uh, I'll be curious to see how he contributes in the early goings. Maybe he will just be a random guy who we will forget about soon. But for now, I will revel in it for him. Good for him. Maybe he'll be this year's Lucas Litke, who I, I miss tremendously. I've I forgot to mention that just in general as like a random st- statement, but I miss Lucas Lickey. But yeah, maybe he'll be this year's Lucas Lickey, who we who makes camp. It's a good story, and you don't expect him to stay around. Then he's there for two years. Yeah, Lucas Lickey, Braves legend, apparently. Yes, apparently. <laughs> All right, uh, who is your Manfred of the week? Oh, Josh Donaldson, which doesn't really make sense because I think he's had like a better week than he's had an overall spring. Um, it looks like he's made some sort of mechanical adjustment or whatever, but his face is still just annoying. Yeah, that's I mean, true. That's true. And it's really the best I can come up with uh, when I'm writing the opening day high vibes. So I'm gonna go with Josh Donaldson. Um, maybe he'll be less annoying this year, and like you know, he actually contributes something with the bat. Obviously, the glove is still there, but the bat is you know the big reason why you have a Josh Donaldson on the team. And maybe he'll be less annoying, but his face will not be. So he is my Manfred of the week. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna go with Luis Severino's lat. <laughs> because, <laughs> man, you can't fair. like. Hold it together. What's for, for Sevy? Come on. What do you, what do you do it? Yeah. He needs a new lot. Yeah. It, I, I find, uh, I find it lacking. The lacking. Lat is lacking. I don't really know where this lat is. Going. All right. Let's just end this. Yes. <laughs> Hottyman Park officially canceled. Yeah. Never mind. We're done. <laughs> All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Podium Park. Follow me on Twitter at Burns PSA. Follow Pinstripe Alley at Pinstripe Alley. And uh, I don't know. You have anything to say? No, that's it. Let's go. Yeah. Go Yankees. Go baseball. Set it up. Any opening day predictions? They're they're just gonna lose. They're just gonna lose the game, and then they they're never gonna lose again. Oh, but okay. Oh, my... so the, so they'll go on a 161 game winning streak. Yeah, yeah. No, that's my that's how my 161 always shapes out. It's lose the first game, doom and hell, and then all of a sudden they just never lose again. Oh, yes, and uh, Aaron Judge will hit 74 home runs, and uh, Giancarlo Stanton will hit 75. Yeah, I'm also already predicting. I'm oh, not predicting. I'm also already tired of the amount of arson judge references we're going to hear on uh, on Thursday. But some of those are also going to come from me. But <laughs> that's besides the point. <laughs> That's just a self-loathing aspect. Yes, absolutely. But you know it's going to happen. All um, right. Yeah. Well, we will Go. see if Arson Judge sets the Bronx on fire on opening Woo! game the home run. Or maybe Volpe does. Awesome. I still uh, – oh, do you want to throw out your prediction for John Sterling home run call? Uh, was it like, Volpe says voila. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's gonna go the less obvious route and like just not forget about the Volpe in general, and he's gonna hit some go do something with Tony. So my prediction was Tony hits one to Broadway, maybe or like ah Anthony, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or just Nancy post up Anthony. <laughs> Honestly, I'd respect that the most. You just recycle <laughs> this is like whatever, close enough. I would get that tattooed on myself. Not permanently, but like I'd write it with a pen on myself. No, but No see Puo stop Anthony. Yes. yes. If that happens, it just, it, I will I will get it inked on myself. All right. You heard it here first, everyone. Yes. All right. Let's go, Yankees. Go opening day. Good to have you back, baseball. Let's do it.